Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Why do we fight for everything the moment we are born? It seems to me that everything we do in life, we want such simple things, but we can never get them in an easy way. We have to get the money first. We have to get the education first. But in the end, what we want is never something complicated. It's just like love or acknowledgement, possibility through money. But we make such gods out of those tools that society gives us because the system makes us react in such ways. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, there's always something else involved, you know? As you say, it's like we want something, you know? We, yeah. we desire something. It's, why is it so difficult to get it? Well, it's because of the fact that, as you already said, it's so complicated to get such things. There's always something involved that is out of your control so it adds this sense of frustration to these desires i mean that's why you know remember when um it was during the time when the pandemic and i was like really missing my family and i told you that i was like oh i realized that i was very vulnerable in that moment simply because i had a desire mm-hmm. you know so it's when we desire something, especially, and especially if this desire that you have is something that you can't attain because there's an external circumstance that you cannot control. But it's natural. Yeah, it's natural. Like It's very natural, yeah. but then we find ourselves in circumstances that block us from just obtaining those things. Like you need paper for it yeah. to exchange in, you know, you just want to see your family, but you need paper to exchange for that. So in the end, you fight yourself, you find yourself are doing wrong things because of the system of things yeah it's almost like you're forced to conform yeah you're forced to because you have to abide by rules and regulations that even if what you want to do is good it's still bad for example remember with the whole like black lives matter situation in the u.s those people were doing good they were doing peaceful protests but what happened to them? They were tear gassed and beat up. Because again, there's something, there's an external circumstance that was out of people's control. And that is the fact that the government and the police, you know, those, that area is kind of mm-hmm. really built with racism. Like it's internalized racism. It's out of their control. So it's, th- that's it. There's just so many things that's out of your control that, yeah, like even though it's, as you said earlier, it was natural. It's still difficult to kind mm-hmm. of, you know. So our circumstances, our own desires, mm-hmm. they make us trade the good news of Jesus Christ. For example, I need money right now. If this can get me money or mm-hmm. food, then I'm just, I'm, I'm not caring about it. It's definitely the materialism that we put at the utmost in our society that just forces us to act in such ways so in the end do we really have this free will to choose the narrow path well or do we and because even then when we choose the narrow path it's so hard for us because mm-hmm. we have those direct obligations yeah so how do you still remain on this narrow path well that's the thing is that 
it, honestly, that's a really good thing to kind of talk about because it's true. We don't, we always talk about how, yes, go and follow Jesus, but we don't talk about how, well, how does all of these things around us that's happening affecting that decision mm-hmm. to follow that narrative yeah. path? And the thing is, everything that the Bible kind of says about it is to, in a way, ignore it. And I'm doing quotation marks on the word ignore because not necessarily ignore it and just turn an eye towards it. But our verse today, our main verse, do not conform but be transformed, you know? In the sense that what God calls you to do is acknowledge that you are part and that you are in this world, but you are not part of this world, mm-hmm. you know? That, like, that's a verse in itself. And in um, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 15, it says, When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. So it's one of those things. Where but I love this book. I know. Like, I absolutely love it. Wisdom I think book. It's, uh, it's so relevant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially starting from Proverbs, exactly. you Ecclesiastes. Exactly. You're like, I mean, what happened? Yeah. It's the whole idea of just the wisdom books. And that's pretty much it. Like, what are we supposed to do? How do we follow this narrow path when society literally tells us not to? Well, it says it here itself. It, God, like in Ecclesiastes, it says it there itself that God has made the one as well as the other. Mm-hmm. He already knew that that was what was going to happen. So don't say that what happens right now is going to steer you away from the narrow path. Rather, how can I use it to to even like strengthen See my, my purpose? Yeah, you. like yeah. strengthen my legs as I walk the narrow path with God. In James, it says there, rejoice when you, when trials and tribulations comes your way because that's when perseverance is built. Exactly. There is a fight inside of us that then manifests all around us. Mm-hmm. Why is there a fight among us? We fight in ourselves and outside of ourselves. What happens? If I'm going to be what honest, happens with this? I think this fight within us and outside of us, it's the battle of the flesh and spirit. That do not work together. They don't. Remember, in Matthew, Jesus says it himself, Wait and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. He says it there himself. There's that battle that Jesus was like, keep praying because it's it's there. It exists, the spirit and the flesh. So keep praying. Mm-hmm. So it's not even necessarily society and all that. The battle is just us. Yeah, it's society is can, it's too much of a simple explanation. Yes. Because yeah. it's, it's about what's behind it. Yeah. Think about it as society is simply the the pit the body wants to fall into. Mm-hmm. But the spirit is like, no, 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 no. Keep walking the right path. Don't steer away. So that's what it is. The society isn't the battle. It's not battle with society. It's battle with the flesh wanting, really, really wanting to conform to that society. I think one of the major lessons that I learned as, as a young man we cannot want to be a man, basically. Mm-hmm. We want to dissociate from the kid we were. Mm-hmm. But I believe that this is not this is not the way. You know, you always hear kill the boy or kill the girl, even for women. Yeah. Because I think that part of being a man, not even a good man or a bad man, that is judgment already, mm-hmm. but just a man. <laughs> it's to be okay with the kid you were. 
Yeah. If you're not okay with the kid you were, how can you be a healthy man, a healthy adult? Yeah. You cannot be healthy at all, actually, mm -hmm. because you're dissociated from a part of your life. Mm -hmm. So instead of just killing the boy and leaving leaving him on the on the causeway, we just take the boy along for a ride and we just say, okay, sit at the back seat, put on your seatbelt, I'm driving yeah, now. Yeah, I, I love that you say that because the whole idea of this kill the child within you, the boy, the girl, whatever, is so extreme. Yeah, and this is the most genuine part yeah, of ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I love that you say, you know, just like, put the kid in the backseat and be like, I'm driving now. And that's kind of actually something that, that Paul does say in Ephesians. It says there, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature to manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carries about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, Christ. That's in Ephesians chapter 4, 13 to 15. Paul talks of that transition. Paul talks of that transition between child and man. And it's very important that that transition is made right, not just killing the boy and killing the child. Okay, then I kind of introduced it at the start of this episode. It all boils down to identity. Because if your identity lies in something that is that is swayed so easily, you cannot be grounded in who you are. You do not know who you are. Yeah, you you the, ignore who you are. You ignore fight. your root. How can you not be so addicted to your own desires yeah. and expectations? Yeah, the fight is going to be a lot harder when your identity is not founded in something, when it's not solid. Because there's a greater distance between the flesh and the spirit. Mm -hmm. One is already yeah, it over creates the a other. Gap. Exactly. One is already over the other because identity is honestly, I mean, this might be quite controversial in the sense of if we were to say this, but in a biblical sense, it is simple. Your identity either lies in God or in something else. Or outside of God. Exactly. And usually it's just in the world. Yeah. Because that's all we have. Yeah. And so it it's simple in that sense because I understand that it's God, one thing, and then the other one is a bunch of multiple things. But that's basically the whole idea. It's either you're confused or you're certain. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. So if your identity is shaky, then the fight is going to be a lot more difficult within you. And and I'm pretty sure that's something that we both have, have experienced when our identities were shaken, where it was... I don't want to say shaken, but our identities were still being built up. So that fight to either conform or transform, well, it was much easier to conform than to transform when mm -hmm. your identity is shaky. You know, like, it made me think that because that's such a universal problem, mm -hmm. I, I thought that there might be examples in history that might just make us think that we, we have already been there before. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Searching a little bit, I found that a lot of that a lot of what we experience today in our society is based on the you know Sumerian. We always hear now about the Sumerians. At least you know, like in the West, we heard a lot for for past few years. They invented like uh, how we count today. You know, so they invented a lot of stuff, and they had like the same problem as us. Those problems of self identity. 
And that's the same with the Romans, like always making images of themselves, you know, mm-hmm. like wanting to be gods. At the end of the day, like, I believe that this is something that we have already experienced. It seems as if humanity is kind of on the loop. You're like on autopilot. Yeah. Always Th- in that loop. Th- think about it in this way. You know what? All of this idea of like having problems with your identity. The one thing that it also has in common is you're not... you're not um, sufficed with who you are. The idea of the the Romans in, you know, during the Roman Empire, they all wanted to be gods because they, being human wasn't enough. You're confused about your identity right now because just being who you are is not enough. And again, that might sound a bit controversial because sometimes you don't know who you are. It's still being built. But what we're taught in the Bible and what it does say is that it's clear your identity is not something that gets built up but your identity is something that is given to you by God it has already been established by God before even you were born exactly so that's something that we honestly is amazing to to think about how do you practically break this cycle how do you break the autopilot and just hmm. become aware? That's a difficult question because it's a difficult question. But if I were to just say, give kind of like a one sentence answer, I'd say, get to know God. Because by getting to know God, you, you're you going to get to know yourself more. I mean, remember when we were just first getting to know each other, I told you that. I told you that you... Um, Getting to know me is getting to know God because my closest relationship in my life is my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I remember that was one of the first things that yeah, I told true. you. <laughs> so it's something that's really important. And that's what I mean by... But thinking. then like yeah. for the people that already know God, then how can you get to know God better? I believe mm. I've always wanted to know God better. I've always wanted to see other perspectives of, of Him and just know how... You know, just experience how great he is on a daily mm-hmm. basis. I believe what has really made a difference for me was presence. Just trying to be more present. Meditation and all that jazz. It really helped me a lot because it helped me focus my mind, remain in a more spiritual state and not be so clinging on to the flesh because then I can observe my feelings better. So I think that presence and trying to just already just train your mind that's something that helps a lot on your relationship with god yeah exactly it's having that quiet time that devotional time with god it's really 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 important it's one of those things where if you skip it one day two days whatever fine it's okay but you're going to realize that after x amount of days that you haven't had that time where you just sit down pray to God, talk to God openly, fully, just you and him with no distractions, you know, close the door behind you, close the door to the world and just sit with God. You're going to feel it in Mm -hmm. every bit of your body. But out of doing it because it sounds good, Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds good to us. It sounds good to others. So to some people praying just fills their ego like they've done it. They, They prayed and stuff. Of course. I believe the true question to ask is more like, when is the last time you had rest? When is the last time that you genuinely rested 
in God's presence, when is the last time that you've genuinely rested period? Truly, not your flesh, not just watching something that pleases you, but, but genuinely just being present and feeding your spirit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really important. Rest is biblical. God himself took a day of rest. And it wasn't a day of rest where he just took a nap the whole day and watched some Netflix. No, it was a day of contemplation. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging the work that he put in those six days and how he created something so beautiful. And that is what we're supposed to be doing on that day of rest, whichever day it is for you. That's what we're supposed to be doing is basically acknowledging, contemplating the glory of God. I think also something that could really break the cycle is Mm -hmm. if we acknowledge our interior reality if your interior reality, what do you see in your interior? Mm-hmm. Do you, if you learn to see God in your interior reality, you'll see God everywhere in your exterior reality. Yeah. So you need to experience on an, on the first on a personal, mm-hmm. individual, physical mm-hmm. level to be able to just experience God around you all the time and see the miracles that He has for you. Yeah. In your own life. Yeah, exactly. I think w- in that case, it's more like just completely giving your life to God, you know, giving it to his hands. I mean, that's something that Jesus said himself in Matthew. It says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as a you will. Matthew 26, 39. That's exactly it, is completely experiencing God internally. And by doing so, it affects you externally. Because Jesus was suffering in his flesh. He knew he was going to die. At 33 years old, which is really young. Mm -hmm. But he knew internally that God is his father. And that faith, that trust allowed him to say, yet not as I will, but as you will. Yeah, he he went through that spiritual door. Yeah. And left the body. Yeah. It's a really strong act when you think Mm -hmm. of it. It's like he surrendered everything, literally. Exactly. He surrendered everything, but... The gate is narrow. This path with Christ is not easy. So we're talking about it right because now. Because that's the fight. not what you see. That's what you sense. Yeah, in yeah. A way. We're talking about it right now. You know, the fight that comes with following Christ and believing God. It's really, really not easy. And it, it, we see that in the Bible. We see the apostles in Acts suffering for God. And yet every time they, they suffer for the name of Jesus Christ, they end up rejoicing and being happy. So it's not easy, but it makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, in, in society, if something makes sense and you're used to it, it loses its greatness. You know, you're kind of just like, eh, meh, kind of thing. But with Jesus, no matter what, he's just every single thing that he does for your life, for the lives of the people that we've read in the Bible, it makes you, it leaves you in awe. You're mm-hmm. so... You can't help but get on your knees and just be like, Jesus, amazing God. Ah, like, ah, like, you know, it just makes mm-hmm. you go crazy. So Yeah, it's everlasting. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So really, this, this fight exists. This fight exists. But more importantly, the fight has already been won. The, the fight exists because we, we also entertain it within yeah, us. Yeah, of course. It, it's, and it's for acknowledging that we fight. Mm-hmm. We do fight it, you know. We we blow on the fire, yeah. And it's because we blow on the fire that there is still a fight. 
how can we become more peaceful humans and stop fighting among us? Practically, whatever it is that you can do in your situation that will simply just present God's grace, do it. Because God's grace doesn't just happen and it doesn't isn't just given to big gestures. Because yes, God's grace can do the impossible. But even the smallest things to do something for your neighbor is already God's grace presenting itself to that person. Like most of the time, it's the small things that make our days, you know? Just someone holding the door for you when you're carrying a lot of stuff and you're in a hurry that's so small that that's that's not a big deal but that in itself is already something practical that can stop this cycle of fighting because it's in our it's it's in our nature because if you think about it or look at social media right now it wasn't created to to be what it is now where it's used to to put people against each other, you know, polarization. Polarization was one of the worst things that's ever happened to us now because of social media. But that wasn't the goal of social media. The goal of social media was to connect. But what did we do to that? We changed it. Because it's in our nature to argue, Mm -hmm. to have our own opinions and to stand by it. I think I think we should stop seeing life through the narrow space of our of our expectations. Yeah, just open your eyes to someone else's eyes. That's exactly it. Why believing in God allows you to search simply, because believing in God also calls you to put on Jesus glasses, to try and look in the perspective of and, Jesus. And what Jesus does too, and I think that what doesn't help us at all. Mm-hmm. in our lives it's the labeling it's the defining yeah like we keep defining everything we define what's beautiful no it's literally. uh we define beauty and because we define beauty it becomes ugly we define love and because we define love it becomes hate or it becomes not love we define this portion of existence and of creation and it becomes bad because everything that you define becomes not what you want it to be Maybe if we just yeah. leave things be the way they are, like a, a rabbit is a rabbit, a spider is a spider, even though I hate spiders. <laughs> but um, have respect for it. God created those because and he have loved them. For yeah. <laughs> yeah, you hate butterflies, but no, have respect for butterflies, butterflies because, because just because God created them too, and he wouldn't have created them if he didn't love them. So this is really important to just not see separation in creation. Yeah, and remember, you know, it's this idea that in Galatians, it does say there, that there's no longer Jew nor Gentile, male nor female. God really acknowledges, Jesus really acknowledges the change in the good news. I said in, in Ephesians, it said there, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The yeah. goal is unity. That exactly. is what Jesus is... Yeah. Exactly. The goal is to be one. Yeah. Because there, we are one. Mm-hmm. There is no separation. We are one in God. Yeah. We are... And what we haven't realized yet is that we are one in purpose. We are. In, in Paul also talks of the eternal purpose that we all share in Ephesians. 
Yeah. It's really important to understand that we all have one purpose, which is to build God's kingdom. But this purpose in the in in each of us individually may be manifested in a different will. Exactly. That's that's it's what it is. It's just different part of the body. Some mm-hmm. people are the feet, some yeah. people are the hands, some people the eyes, the hair. It's all part of the same body. Yeah. And that represents the that represents God. That represents yeah. the universe. All part all of the of same us, body but, and Christ being the head of that. But body. we don't acknowledge it. We don't let yeah, go we so don't. we can so the neurons can function. It's really is that God becomes aware of becomes not becomes aware because he's aware of everything. Mm-hmm. But we become aware to God who's already aware. We connect. In a way, that's like, you know, like a radio frequency. You try to find the right frequency. Yeah, yeah. yeah the right station, exactly. Yeah. So the right station so you can hear the voice better. We try to tune into the right station to see if we can tune into the to the voice of God. Yeah. But then we cannot find it ourselves. We, cannot, we can only find it with Jesus. There's too much static. You know, that sh- sh- Yeah, sh- exactly. There's a lot of static that happens before we come to... But at the end of the day, God stays in one station only. We just have to turn the dial. But see, this is like kind of like, I don't know if the right word is paradox, but really it is. Because we keep talking about we're turning the dial. But actually, Jesus himself is the one guiding us to know which way, which station is the right way, you know, which frequency is the right. Exactly. And we only had, we only have to let go of the button for a second. Yeah. You, le- you let go of the you button. You let go of the button and Jesus does turns the dial. For exactly. You. But yeah. you hold on to the button for so long and we so hard. We try to figure God out ourselves, but we're not going to figure God out. You know, God's going to reveal himself to us. All exactly. we have to do is seek. Exactly. Yeah. We just have so to trust this- and the right station will talk to us. Yeah, that's the thing. This idea of the fight within us. It's honestly... When you think about it, it's like, oh, it's so difficult because it, it is OK. Like, I'm not I'm not just going to diminish this fight, this battle between this, the natural and the spiritual and flesh. There is a fight. But something that we also have to know is that this fight is overcome, is already won because Jesus has died and rose again. The flesh is <laughs> nothing, literally nothing. How? And I wrote that one down. Okay. I had to. This one, I had to. How can you? How can we shy away from this confusing fight and simply settle on the narrow path? For me, this is the question that started it all. That started this episode. That started everything. To answer that question, I would say that you should just stop fighting. Truly, the fight is overcome. It's one by the death of Jesus and him resurrecting again. You just have to be still because truly a lot can happen in time of waiting. 